Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey, welcome. Welcome back after a, a long weekend for me. I don't know about you. It's September 14th, and uh, it being a Monday, there's... <laughs> There's probably a lot to talk about. Whether or not what I want to talk about is what you'd talk about, I don't know. That's always the that's always the conundrum uh, on my end. Um, unsure of what it is that's uh, that's in your heads. Um, I got a lot going on. I don't know um, where to start, except I did just see. But waiting for the show to start, I was looking, scrolling through Twitter, and uh, I saw this uh, this tweet that the head of the Republican National Committee, uh, Rana McDaniel, she of the Romney family, um, had had tweeted. And it when I had first seen this, this is from I don't know sometime this weekend, I. It was one of those things that you do a double take and then you think, what is she talking about? And I just noticed that uh, George Conway, Kellyanne's husband, uh, responded to Ronna McDaniel's tweet exactly as I had reacted. His response to her tweet is, are you insane? And her tweet was this. I'll just give you the first sentence because this shows how little the Republicans have to run on and how they have to create a entirely false narrative. Ronna McDaniel, the head of the RNC, actually tweeted, Joe Biden can't run from his disastrous record responding to the coronavirus. <laughs> what? What? Joe Biden has no more ability to respond than I do. He is not in a position of of power. What the hell is she talking about? I mean, it is something, you know, you see something like that and you think, what? Are they insane? Do they have such contempt for the people in their base that they're trying to rip, you know, get energized that they think they can say something like that? Look at Biden. Look at the disastrous record of his battling the coronavirus. What? So Conway's response, are are you insane? Is a response any sane human being would have. Sorry, uh, that's just the last thing I saw and I um, wanted to share it with you. On a more hopeful note, something about hope. And uh, this is by just one line. Uh, Well, actually, it's two. (laughs) Two sentences uh, from a Washington Post columnist, uh, E.J. Dion, about hope, which is not something that I am necessarily good at. But that's why I found this such a compelling statement, and I want to share it with you. Hope is not a feeling. I mean, I had to, I thought about that for a while. Hope is not a feeling, because I think I think it is. I'll finish his sentence. Hope is not a feeling. It's a virtue. We have good reason to practice it right now and no alternative 
but to embrace it. And you know how sometimes you read something and you think that's right. I'm not even sure that I'm wrapping my head around it as much as I am capable of, but I know that's right. Just as I knew that Ronna McDaniel's tweet was insane. Hope is not a feeling. It's a virtue. We have good reason to practice it right now and no alternative but to embrace it. I thought that was pretty good. And speaking of hope, springing eternal, did you see this? <laughs> I don't, I, you know, this is one of those things where you, you read it and you think, what? What? Well, sort of like Ron and McDaniel, only not. There's a snake, a python, who is, what do they think she is? She's like really old. I mean, she's like in her 60s or something. She's an old lady. And um, she has not been near a, a male snake in more than 15 years. I should say that she is a, uh, a python, uh, specifically a ball, B-A-L-L, python. Uh, she's been at the St. Louis Zoo since 1961. Boy, talk about a life sentence. So right there, she's been there since 61. We know she's at least in her 60s, right? Hasn't been around a male in more than 15 years. She's in her 60s, maybe approaching 70. And she laid seven eggs. I mean, the the guy came by her cage to feed her. And there were these seven perfect white eggs. How the hell is that possible? It's called a clutch of eggs. The last time she had put out a clutch of eggs was, um, well, she was old then too, but it was uh, over 12 years ago. And again, she hadn't been around a male, but it turns out that pythons, this python is um, able to reproduce without a male. Um, What do they call that? Somehow I I know it somewhere. Oh. Parthen, okay, here, oh, here it is. Um, they are capable of reproducing asexually, which is uh, known as fac- facultative, facultative, I'll get it, I don't know, never saw it before, uh, known as facultative parthenogenesis, okay? Komodo dragons do this, too. And some other snakes do. Who needs men? And also, they can, if they encounter a male, they can store the, their sperm f- uh, for years and years and years and use, use it when they feel like it. But um, So anyway, she has not been around a male um, since the late 80s. Uh, They think really it's closer to 30 years since she's been with a male. They don't have a clue. And they say um, two of the eggs look really pretty good. Is that amazing or what? 
as the chief herpetologist said, it, it was a surprise. <laughs> wow. I'll tell you, nature. But speaking of that, and actually that reminds me of um, an obituary I want to share with you of a woman who wrote a book. Actually, she wrote more than one, but the first one I purchased back in the 70s because it caused, uh, wow, a storm of, uh, of media. It was called The Height Report. It was written by a woman named Sherry Height, or Cher Height. I'm not sure how she pronounced it because she spelled it strangely. And in her book, <laughs> The Height Report, what she did was she sent um, more than 3,000 women uh, a number of of questions and questions about their s- sexuality, about uh, their experience of sex, and just open-endedly said, tell me about it. But she gave them some questions to prompt them into the things. And what came back was amazing. It's also, I mean, amazing in that it was women finally speaking about their own sexuality, which hadn't really happened before. And the Height Report, which came out in 1976, was subtitled A, a Nationwide Study of Female Sexuality. And it totally blew up all of the what was thought to be known about female sexuality, which had been, we'd gotten that from Freud and, you know, just sort of societal uh, ideas of what women's sexuality uh, was and how women, you know, had orgasms and did what they did. And what Cher Height did, which just freaked men out, was she said, guess what I found out? I found out that women don't need men to find sexual pleasure. (laughs) In fact, from her responses from women, she found that most women uh, did not experience orgasm, 80%, uh, just doing what men thought they were supposed to be doing. But women did know how to pleasure themselves. So th- her, now we, this at the time was absolutely explosive. Um, It was explosive for men because they got very freaked out and very defensive. And it was explosive for women because all those women who for years, their entire lives, had thought something was wrong with them had been faking orgasms, had been wondering what it was. How come I'm not? I mean, nothing's happening here. It's just not happening. And for women to know that all these other women, in fact, the majority of women, were exactly agreeing. Nah, me either. (laughs) Me either. So all these responses showed that more than 70% of the women <clears throat> who, uh, you know, were, she just sent these out in a, you know, just <laughs> not knowing who was responding. So more than 70% of the women who responded uh, 
just blew up the notion that women reached orgasm from basic penetrative intercourse. That was it. Nope. We don't get no satisfaction. But I remember it being mind-blowing because of hearing from other women, because women didn't acknowledge to other women that they thought something was wrong with them. It was, it was embarrassing. It was humiliating. It was so all these millions and millions of women thinking there's something wrong. And then she puts this thing out that says, hey, that thing that's wrong with you, <laughs> it ain't you. So, and one of the interesting things in this uh, obituary, because I was thinking, well, 76, that was after, you know, the pill, and so sexual freedom was let loose um, easily uh, 10 years or a little bit more before that book came out. But that sexual revolution of the 60s, gave women till the license to have sex without the fear of getting pregnant, which allowed them to be sexually active in ways that most women would have been fearful of before. It was revolutionary, and since a lot of women acted on it, it really changed things. But it didn't change. All that happened was women began having sex more, but the sex was still that male-centric sex. So they were able to have sex and not have orgasms (laughs) more. And I think it was uh, Erica Young. Is that how she pronounces it? Erica Jong? you know, the Fear of Flying um, author. She said um, it was clear from Height's questionnaire that the women felt that the sexual revolution had left them free to say yes, but not to say no. The quantity of sex had gone up, but not the quality. Now, of course, the Christian right went berserk. Uh, Her championing, even mentioning women's sexual pleasure, uh, they believed was uh, contributing to the dissolution of the family, which they might have been right about. But it doesn't mean you can't say it. You know, reality has consequences. Um, She was on the receiving end of extraordinary, uh, you know, negative blowback from media, uh, death threats. Now, in this day and age, you know, at least she didn't have the, you know, the social uh, media storm coming at her. The threats were on her phone, on her answering machine. Um, in her snail mail, but after years and years and years of it, she just gave up and uh, and left the United States. And when she died at the age of 77, she was uh, at her home in in London. Now, um, also this idea that like feminists were these ugly you know, women, she helped blow that up, too, because she was gorgeous. In fact, she had been a model. Uh, She earned money for her tuition at Columbia University uh, as a a model. And she had one one job where uh, it was a, a, a still photo, 
and it was to advertise Olivetti typewriters. <laughs> Remember those? Typewriters. And as the model, this beautiful young woman, she was to uh, sort of like uh, appear to be caressing the keys of her Olivetti typewriter um, with her legs showing, her beautiful legs showing, and her her blonde hair sort of falling over. This is how, yeah, this is how the Mad Men of Madison Avenue uh, sold things, sex. You put a, you want to sell that typewriter? You put uh, some beautiful broad with uh, legs, hair, and boobs, and you have her, like, you know, making love to it. So she did that shoot, and uh, and then she saw the ad later, and she was horrified because the tagline, the there was her picture. She looked good, looked sexy. Typewriter looked like a typewriter, and under the picture was this line: the typewriter so smart. She doesn't have to be. Well, it sent her into, she had never been a particular feminist. It enraged her. And she ended up, uh, other feminists were enraged by that ad too, and they picketed the Olivetti offices, and she joined them. And then she joined uh, now. And that's where she got her idea to do her questionnaire because at one of the meetings of now, the women were talking about female orgasm and whether or not women actually had them. And according to her, it's amazing, all these smart, bright women. And there was like this silence this uncomfortable silence. And so she thought, I'm looking into this. And that is how the the beginnings of what turned out to be the Height Report. So, I started with a snake and I ended up there. Made some sense. Okie doke. Uh, what else I got for you? Um, let me just check my emails. Um, okay. You know, I so Trump, he had to come up. Trump is, uh, what, taking his em- empathetic self over to uh, the West Coast today? Uh, to finally acknowledge that people are dying, choking to death, that homes are being destroyed and lost, that, uh, yeah, yeah, he, he's finally gotten around to it. The pictures we are all say, seeing are, I mean, they're just, well, they are akin to the pictures we saw coming out of Australia last uh, last year, right? And here is a quote I saw that just blew my mind because I th- imagine this is this is yes dystopia. This is from a woman named Eileen Quigley. She says, "The sun, she's in Seattle. The sun doesn't seem to rise or set. The sky gets a little bit brighter and a little bit darker." And that's the only way you know the day is starting or ending. So the sky is never dark because it's orange. The fires are, and it, it, the sun doesn't really break through the smoke. <coughs> the sun does not seem to rise or set. Um. The air quality now in uh, many parts of the uh, of the upper West Coast, especially, uh, is the worst in the world, except maybe for ours. 
No, I'm not kidding. There was actually a map that came out um, that I saw that had like, uh, it said, if you are living in one of these green places and much of the, uh, the eastern and northern, northeastern part of the country was in green and some was a little yellow and and then the whole west coast was bright red and it, it just simply said if you are living in one of these uh you know green places go outside and take a deep breath and appreciate what you are able to do because the people living in these where it is red cannot. And so, of course, I checked. How Are we red? Are we green? And all around us, Pennsylvania, you know, Pennsylvania looks generally green. Some places a little yellow. And then there's this little red dot in the middle of all that green. And you know where that dot is? Mm-hmm. It's where I'm sitting right now. Do not think for a minute that living here has not shortened our lives. As I've told you many times, I there's no asthma in my family. I lived here for 25 years, and lo and behold, in my early 50s, developed chronic asthma. And that is absolutely thanks to breathing in the crap that passes for air here. And Pittsburghers think that because the sky is blue now and not, you know, not doesn't look like... uh, it did in the 30s, um, that it's clean, and it's not. It's not. So um, for people with asthma, people with respiratory difficulties, um, even indoors now on the West Coast, they're, they're struggling for breath. You walk outside, you can't see 50 yards in front of you. People running for their lives, some people not making it. The death toll, who the hell knows what it'll be. A lot of people missing. And then you read about the idiots. Because the idiots, as we now unhappily know, (laughs) are all over the place. So there was a New York Times piece that was set in a place called Malala, Oregon a town of about, I think they said it was six, 9,000 people. And um, there's cops, go, police cruisers going through the town announcing on loudspeakers, this has been declared a life-threatening fire emergency. You need to evacuate the city immediately. Evacuate the city immediately. And of course, most people run. But not them all. Be not all of them. Because I'll quote, I'll give you quotes from some of the guys the reporter talked to who are not moving. Here's one a genius named Ralph Mitchell. He's staying. Here's his quote. There's already reports that Antifa's in town, going down the streets, looting. I'm I'm getting texts. And here's another like-minded soul, Troy McNeely. I'm staying, I'm protecting my city. If I see anybody doing crap, I'm going to hurt them. 
So apparently all over this, the West Coast, the rumors, the social media, you know, the, the, the people who just love scaring the hell out of people, spreading obvious lies. A lot of people there, people think that these fires are being set by leftists. Um, so you've got some people who are feel like they have to defend themselves against the fire, but they also have to defend themselves from this absolutely... This fantasy they're swallowing that there's an invasion of left-wing black-clad arsonists and antifas, um, and they're coming for them and their houses. How out of it? How much have you had? to have listened to Fox News and all the other right-wing outlets. I mean, well, they've been listening for decades now. And they're just ripe for any misinformation. And we're going to have to, the same, the same people of this country are going to have to deal with these people. How? I don't know what you can do. And the and the and the 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 cops. I mean, here, here's the sheriff. The sheriff's office uh, put uh, in one of these counties with these idiots around. Posted on their Facebook page, we are inundated with questions about things that are fake, fake stories. There is a story circulating. That varies somewhat, but it is about setting some group, and the groups change. It's Antifa, it's this, it's that, is involved setting fires and arrests are being made. And in all caps, the poor sheriff's Facebook says, this is not true. The FBI actually went and investigated and said, hey, it's not true, okay? Would you listen to us? No, of course not. But they're saying um, that this is actually, you know, going to create um, more chaos and probably more death. Uh, that you know, law enforcement is being swamped with these calls ab- about all you know. People calling, is it true? I just read on my you know, blah, blah, blah. and they're begging people, please stop spreading these rumors. And one cop, you know, they're putting the cops at risk too. Obviously, I mean, I think if somebody insists on staying it's like with a hurricane evacuation or this they have to be told okay but if things get bad we are not coming back for you okay you make your choice now but here the the poor chief in this uh, malala said you know if the wildfire surges into downtown he says his firefighters would have to risk their lives to rescue these people. Quote, he says, some of them you can talk into leaving. Others are saying, no, we ain't going. We're staying put. We're watching for people who aren't supposed to be here. Oh, God. Hey, did you see that that Trump got the Bay of Pigs Award? Did you know that? Did you see this? I mean, again, it's a lie. There is no such thing. Um, But he was was boasting 
uh, let me see if I can get the exact, there it is. It's one of his, you know, wonderful tweets. Remember, Miami Cubans gave me the highly honored Bay of Pigs Award for all I have done for our great Cuban population. Now, why would there be a Bay of Pigs Award since that was like a, a military debacle? That was like, a, I mean, the Bay of Pigs? I was around then. That was such a totally screwed up affair, uh, attempting to, uh, what, invade Cuba in the first year of uh, JFK's presidency. <laughs> it was a total disaster. And I, I don't think um, there, can you think of any other trophies that there are out there marking, um, you know, a, a, there is no such thing. Oh, God. As if I, as if I'd have to tell you that, right? All right, we got a caller, so let's go to the phone. Caller, hello. Hey, Lynn. Hey. Hey, a uh, couple of things here. That height report you were talking about? Yeah. You know that there's a Barbara Streisand sex tape out there? What? Barbara Streisand, if you Google Barbara Streisand sex tape, well. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. It, no, I'm serious. I've seen it. It's, well, it's Barbara Streisand getting down. Okay, anyway, forget that. I find um, that hard to believe. Well, Seriously. check it out. Check yeah, it, it doesn't. Okay, all right. All right. Barbara Streisand as a, as a young woman. And so this was done in the, what, the 70s or 80s? Yeah, no, it was a black and white. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm losing you. I'm losing you. How about now? Not much better. How about now? Yeah, that's better. Just stay wherever you are. So, you, okay. okay, is that what you wanted to tell me about the Bar Barbara Streisand sex tape, which well, now a lot of people are. Okay. So I just heard that, uh, you know, that Trump won Pennsylvania by less than 2,000 votes. I don't think that's true. <laughs> I'm not believing a thing you're telling me. <laughs> I think, wait a minute. No, it wasn't that slim a margin here. Wait. I, I'm looking right now at a New York Times piece from yesterday. Uh, it says Trump won... Oh, no. Trump had 48.6% um, of the vote to her 47 point. That can't be 2,000 votes. That can't be 2,000. Well, no. No, it just can't be. I mean, it was tight. It was a, that's a pretty razor thin win, but it's a whole percentage point almost. Yeah, yeah, I want to talk about that. The birds? Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking that... about throwing some bread out into the yard. No, they're up in the air. They don't want to come down. They want to get where they're going. You're just supposed to turn your lights off. Uh, yeah, that yeah, they well, for though maybe some people don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> I don't know. But the people who uh who watch birds all the time, um this is prime uh this is the time when birds start their migrations uh to get the hell out before winter comes on. 
And they follow him enough to know that, especially tonight, it's been true all weekend, but especially tonight, they expect over 50,000 birds per square mile are going to be flying over uh, Pittsburgh tonight. Yeah, we lost you again. I'm going to have to let you go because I don't know what it is, but we're losing you. Probably lose me next. Okay, goodbye. Sorry. Um, Yeah, I did want to talk about that. It's called a high-intensity migration. And so 50,000 birds per square mile over our heads. And... um, This is coming out of the Cornell Lab of Ornithology. And they use, uh, you know, weather radar, weather surveillance radar to to pick up on these huge uh, flocks of of birds. And um, what they say is you know don't try to lure them down they're they're busy they're going but you want to you might hear them they're saying listen and maybe if you got a little bit of sunlight look up and you might you might see this because september is a peak migration time for songbirds uh who are heading to tropical climates and we're talking about uh, orioles uh, tanagers, warblers, sparrows. The thing is, though, that light, artificial light, can mess them up, disorient them, so that they end up flying into buildings and they it, it, it harms them. So if you love birds, or even if you don't, turn off your outdoor lights tonight. Um, because, and, and it says here, th- this small action can have a big impact on the safety of, of these birds. So, uh, two things. Yeah. Look up over, over, but take, get that light pollution that we all contribute to down. I mean, I've got some pretty heavy duty lights, uh, you know, around my house and I'm get them down. That's all tonight. Okay. Thank you for reminding me about that. We have another caller, I think. Hello? Hello, Lynn. It's Dave from Washington. Dave from Washington. Hi. Hi. You were talking, I think, because I wasn't listening 100%, um, the difference in votes for Clinton and Trump. Yeah. Do you have a number? 44,292. Okay. That was the difference in Pennsylvania. In Michigan, okay. it was 10,704. In Wisconsin, it was 23,290 for a grand total of 77,714 votes out of 13.2 million cast in those three states. That's Hank wow. Field. Hank wow. Field made all the difference. That's right. So when I, say, when I say the Russians got Trump elected, there's no doubt in my mind that you can move the needle that teeny tiny little bitty bit. Yeah. You get enough soft heads, you only need 78,000 soft headed people, and somebody like uh, Russia, who's been doing propaganda and manipulation for a century, and they're very, very good at it, of yeah. course you can get 0.0058% of the people to change their mind. Yeah. And that's all it took. Heinz Field out of three out of 13 million states or votes. That's all it took. Yeah. And this is what we get. And uh, my next, this is, this is what I really called you about. I I was going to call you anyways, but I heard that. So I had to talk about that. Um, If Trump gets reelected, it's this BLM movement and the the riots and the the constant carnage that's going on. That's going to get him elected. Okay. BLM people, first off, I'm absolutely on your side. Absolutely. You've made your point. Stop. Stop now. You're not doing yourself any good. Your cause can be save the puppies and the kittens. And if you're going to get in people's faces and yell and scream and burn and riot and looting, even if it isn't really you doing that, it's 
um, you know, other people coming in and pretending to be you and doing the burning and looting and all of that, you've lost me. You've lost me if you're going to get in people's faces and scream at them like, ah, uh, or uh, diners in downtown Pittsburgh, you're going to go harass them, or you're going to go over and drink a woman's beer. Right. You've no, it's just, it's just so stupid and counterproductive. They're young and stupid, a lot of them. Yep. Yeah, well, you know, I was young and stupid once too, but I, 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 yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah I wish they'd uh, dial it back well, right now. Yeah. The movement has no leadership. There's absolutely no. Well, that's so free for all. Yeah, yeah. And most you know of them, I, mean? I got to tell you, I know a lot of these people. They're good people. They're, but they're yeah. so caught up in this with their youthful passion. And fervor, yep. and then there's those idiots, those bad apples, like yep. the idiot grabbing that person's drink and and screaming it, and 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 now they they've got all kinds of internal crap going on. I don't know if you've been reading about that. They they're young and and uh, they're sort of self defeating right now. That is right. not the bulk, obviously, of the movement. No. But it's what gets no, attention that... and gives right. Trump a gift. And all this madness right now, what's, what's polling number one uh, for a lot of people is uh, the violence and the rioting, not the pandemic, which is a far greater threat. Than, oh, Jesus, than, you people know, are so stupid. Oh, they certainly are. But again, you've got this propaganda thing. You've got Fox News. And you've yeah. got the right-wing media who can just whip these people into a frenzy. You ask, how can people believe that uh, uh, they're drinking the blood of sexually abused children? You know, and that's one of the things that they're all hip on, this QAnon, whatever the hell they're talking about. That's it's spreading. Really that is really spreading. It's spreading globally. What is wrong with these people? <laughs> well, like I said before, there are really a bunch of... Uh, credulous, uh, stupid people desperate for some kind of narrative that will explain things to them. Even if the narrative wouldn't even make it, you know, past, uh, you know, some Hollywood producer just laughing it out of the, you know, out of his office. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Starting back in the 80s, they started defunding um, education. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's yeah. get rid of critical thinking skills courses right. and stuff like that. Right. The stupid populace is, is easily manipulated. Boy, it worked out better than they ever would have thought. Yeah. And you know, God, that's why um, I've just about had it. If, if, if I don't blame Trump, and I don't blame necessarily the there's no more Republican Party. First off, there's the, the radicalized Trumpist Party. Mm-hmm. And then there's the supporters, and it's the supporters. They're the ones, the 40% of Americans, who are yeah. behind this guy no matter what the hell he does. I am a veteran, and the American Legion down here in Washington, they wanted me to join, and I didn't join because they have they smoke cigarettes in there, so I don't want to go there. But they but they had um one of the, I don't know if it was Beavis or Butthead, one of the kids, one of the Trump kids was down there last week. <laughs> and they're all supporting him. I'm like, you are veterans. This guy... How can you fly a POW MIA flag and support these people when they're losers and suckers? Yeah. And they, they get in fights with, with Gold Star families and insult Gold Star mothers. How can you possibly support these guys? I guess they have to. For, I, otherwise, their whole world view blows up, and they can't handle that. So you, I guess – I mean, the, the, that question that you're asking is one that, you know, I, so many of us are asking all the time, like, what? How? Yep. And yep. it says know. something about human nature that is frightening. Just frightening. Uh, the says, inability to deal with reality. American culture, because the rest well, of the world is not sucked up into this. It says well, something about Americans. We, it is a cult of uh, a celebrity um, personality. That's all it is. It is. They didn't have a, uh, a Republican platform this year because they decided we're just going to go with whatever Trump wants. Yeah. They are now the party of Trump. They are no longer a Republican party. What do they stand for? Uh, I don't know. What does Trump want? That's all it is. There's no well, more Republican. You're talking about Republican in name only. Well, that's all of them. I can't disagree with you. 
But, you know, in some ways you should join that legion because if people like you stay away, how the hell do you put on a gas mask and go in? A lot of them hang out at the bar I do hang out at, especially while the legion was closed. And oh no, they don't want me there anymore. Oh, <laughs> they tried. They, they invited me initially, but I had out. I mean, just like screaming in each other's faces, just like um, with uh, two of the head haunches there. And um, no, I'm not. Uh, I'm not welcome okay. anymore. Okay. So, All right. Which is fine with me. I wear that as a badge of honor. Sure. So, anyways, it's the world gone mad, and um, I don't know. <laughs> Mexico, Mexico is looking awfully good. No, it doesn't look good, and they don't want us. Nobody wants us, okay? There's nowhere to run. Well, once the border <clears throat> opens up and we're not sick anymore, Mexico will take us, especially retirees, because we have lots of American dollars. They like that, and we're not taking any jobs. So they're more than welcome. They're more than happy to welcome Americans down to Mexico. And, and I like tacos, so I'm thinking about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, All right talk to you later. Yeah, bye. Um, <clears throat> I want to pick up on uh, the the caller who said, you know, incorrectly, as I thought, that there was a 2,000-vote margin. But it was a sliver that gave Pennsylvania to Trump. And the this article in the Times uh, yesterday uh, was headlined, Can Trump Win Pennsylvania? Again, and it's it's very interesting because we all know the layout here and how what what wins Pennsylvania for Democrats is Philadelphia and Pittsburgh and um, the suburban areas around Philly and maybe a, a little you know, something here or there, but Allegheny County surrounded by Trump voters, right? And so it's get out the vote. However, what this article points out is that even in a county like Susquehanna, where they interviewed the poor beleaguered Democratic chair of the Susquehanna (laughs) Democrats, where a Democrat hasn't won in 60, 70 years. And he says this. He says, I tell my people, we're outnumbered. We're not going to win here, but we're part of a team. And all I want is 35% of the Susquehanna vote. If we do that, we keep up our end of the deal. So it literally comes down to all that red, all those red counties, Pennsylvania, to our north. Well, we're surrounded, as I said. You just have to make sure that you get, there are Democrats there, you get them out. You get them out to vote, every single one. Um. Rural Pennsylvania, as you know, is Trump country. Uh, but there are Democrats in there. And their votes count. And so the thing to do is you want them to feel that they're not alone. And there's this wonderful piece uh, of the story here about a guy named uh, Jeff Eggleston who is the Democratic State Committee member from Warren County, which is uh, in the northwest of Pennsylvania. And, I mean, my God, he said he's living amidst all these Trump voters. And... He says it is so important to get Biden signs out in that area, in all over the Trump County, 
Biden voters have to get signs out, even if they're getting snatched, then you get another one and you keep it up because what that does is give courage and a sense of, oh, I'm not alone, to the other Democrats. And he said what happened four years ago is that um, the Democratic national and even state campaign said, look, that low-tech crap, it doesn't, it doesn't work. A sign, it's all happening now, you know, on uh, people's cell phones, on, uh, on media, it's uh, television ads, it's this and that. And he says, Eggleston said, so yeah, you run into these militant campaign professionals and they tell you signs don't vote. And he said, but he watched as the Trump campaign dumped a mountain of merchandise in what is Trump country. A sea of Trump signs, Trump hats, Trump banners, everything. And that is why, how many times have we heard somebody call in and say, I drove through, name the county, I drove the turnpike. All you see, Trump. Trump, Trump, and it's dispiriting. Just as it is energizing for Trump voters. And so this Warren County guy, Jeff Eggleston, says, I know these signs are important and we're going to shake things up. And he has been driving. Literally thousands of miles all around Pennsylvania Trump country. He's driving, he got a rental truck, and he's got it filled with signs, Biden signs. And he says, I'm doing it partly for self-therapy. <laughs> you know, a sense that I'm doing something. He says, there... There's, he said, I feel good about it. And, um, you know, it was the exact opposite in 2016. People thought Clinton was a shoe-in and there was never enough energy. And so he's going all over and throwing these signs up. And... Um, just, I see I have a caller. I'll be right with you. I want to just share this with you from this report. Pennsylvania Democrats have some solid reasons for optimism. Just two years ago, the party picked up a net of three House seats. And Tom Wolf, the state's Democratic governor, routed his Republican opponent, by almost a million votes. In local elections in 2019, Democrats took control of the county council in Delaware County for the first time in over 150 years. And those, and that's near Philly, those results suggest that Trump could do far worse in Philly's four suburban counties than he did last time around. And then there's this, Joe Biden ain't Hillary Clinton. And there are some rural voters who find him more appealing. So that might help as well. What you see from this is every vote, even in those, even if you're living in Beaver County, which you know is going to go to Trump, the electoral votes don't go county by county. It's a statewide vote, a national vote. So if you're a Democrat, a beleaguered Democrat in Trump country, vote, 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 
vote. Every vote counts. Yours counts. Caller, go ahead, please. Hi. Hi. Hey, um, in Beaver County this time, I went to all the places the last time that Trump run, and there is no signs at all. It's You could barely find a sign. I want some few here, and then you see some Bidens. But last time it was saturated with signs. There's something going on out there, and I still believe he's going to lose PA. He's going to lose big time. And there's something going on. The signs are not there. And I've gone to all the pockets where I saw them before. They were flooded. They were on this one hillside. Like I said, I kind of laughed because I thought he was going to lose. But it's not like it was. You could barely find them. You'll find a few here and there, but you find Biden signs. But the signs are not here in Beaver County. I could be missing some because I'm not everybody. I'm just going over to areas I saw where they were. Well, and you can recall what it was like four years ago, and it's totally different. Not even even close. Wow. Well, that's good good to hear. I love you being this new cheerleader of optimism and hope. I just love this new uh, role you're playing. Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm kidding. I love it. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Uh, Chuck says, Donald Trump owes his victory in the Electoral College to three states. Yeah, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan. So it's fair to say that the 2016 presidential election was decided by about 77,000 votes out of more than 136 million cast. That's, yeah. Trump won Pennsylvania by less than one percentage point. 0.7, 44,292 votes. And damn it, we're going to make that up this time. In Wisconsin, it was half of that, 22,000 votes. And in Michigan, half of that, 10,000 votes. We were the ones who gave him the most. If Clinton had taken... Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin, she would have won the Electoral College, 278 to 260. And Chuck also writes, I think the problem with lack of Biden signs is that there is no easy way to get one. Well, you haven't bumped into Jeff Eggleston in his rental truck. Isn't that terrible? See, they just don't have this sense that those are important. Um, I've tried. Just a couple of miles south of me, there's a huge tent on the side of the road that sells all kinds of Trump signage. There's always customers there buying merchandise. It's open every day. Why don't we have something like that? I mean, in my neighborhood, I see tons of Biden signs. And I don't know where people are getting them. Sometimes it's something like your ward, you know, Democratic ward uh, committee people, but they have to pay, you know, they're paying for them. I don't know if somebody knows easily how to get them. I'm sure, Chuck, you're a smart guy. You can find them if you want them. Um, But it shouldn't be difficult is your point. Um. So, you know, it's, it, it's, it's really amazing to see uh, Trump continuing to have these indoor rallies. Um, I saw somebody say that, you know, he should actually be charged with um, attempted murder. I mean, he is, although the people who are willingly going unmasked into these places with people screaming and cheering and yelling. Maybe they're too stupid to live. I don't know. I don't know. But he is killing people. His refusal to do the right thing is killing people. Make no mistake. Oh, wow, are we over time? But I got two more callers. Let's get them in. Hello? Go ahead. Hello? Lynn. Hello. Hi. This Hi. is Kathy in the North Hills. I'm going to leave want to leave you with on an optimistic note about yard signs. Good. About a half a mile from my house, there is a house with 
four yard signs in the front yard. The first one is Bush Cheney. The second one is McCain Palin. The third one is Ryan Romney Ryan. And the fourth one is Biden. Biden Harris. Yay. Are you kidding? Good. God bless him. That's all I wanted to say. Oh, that is just wonderful. Great. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. That's energizing. Okay, the other caller gave up, so I guess that's it for us. The uh, county is no longer sending me these. Um, there's another way to get them, but I'm not. I, I'm not going to be uh, regaling uh, you with uh, with COVID numbers at the end of the show, which is just as well, since we're about a week away from them starting to ratchet back up. Um, but uh, boy, this is my kind of weather. Enjoy this weather. I just love the fall. I just love it. And um, and I'll be uh, back tomorrow, and we'll uh, talk some more. Be smart. Be well. Be active. Bye-bye. Lynn Cullen Live. Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.